0: I think there's significance in a name, and it's very similar to how we see ourselves as children of God. There's no hesitation in the Lord's response when we want to return to Him. He is, in fact, waiting for us to come home.
1: Welcome back to the Prepare Podcast. I'm your host, Heather Hanton. We are back with a new series called Journeys of Faith. In this series, we'll hear from a lot of different women of all walks of life as they share their personal testimonies and their experiences as they have walked with the Lord. On today's episode, I welcome Hannah Nelson. Hannah works for the Salvation Army in the Southern Territory as the Worship and Creative Arts Director for the Florida Division. She's gonna kick us off on our new series, and I know you're gonna love her testimony as she shares about how God is working in her life. I hope you enjoy this episode.
0: Welcome Hannah to our podcast. Hi, I'm so excited to be here today. This is so exciting.
1: Yeah, we are so excited to have you here. But before we dive into your journey, I want you to tell us who you are, introduce yourself, where you're from, give all the deets on Hannah, and then I'm going to tell people how we know each other. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah,
0: so my name is Hannah Nelson, and I am the Creative Arts Director for the Salvation Army here in the beautiful Florida division, and really what that means is that I um, oversee all of the arts programs whether that's dance or theater i help to resource um, those programs that happen in salvation armies all across the state of florida so whether that means i'm teaching a theater class on a random weeknight at a one of our salvation army churches or um, facilitating all the rehearsals that happen monthly with all of our groups that come together it's really just so much fun to see how uh, we can Show how you can use your gifts to glorify the Lord. I think that's so important that we uh, can work with both youth and adults in that way. And so that's a bit about who I am.
1: Yeah, that's awesome. And we listeners, you've heard me talk before about being uh, moving to Chicago area from Florida, right where Hannah's sitting. Really, my husband worked next door in an office next door. So uh, we know Florida, we know Tampa, Clearwater very, very well and the Florida division. And um, we love it. And I'm so excited for you that you get to, to be a part of that awesome team there in Florida. Yeah.
0: Yeah, it's definitely uh, a place I never thought in a million years that I would be. And in fact, I actively tried to make sure I didn't end up in Florida, but the Lord, of course, uh, had other plans and I find myself here today. So um, it's it's really a um, an unexpected blessing. But truly, I can't see myself doing anything else right now. So I thank God for that. That's amazing.
1: Um, So you're going to get, I'm going to let you get into where you're originally from and your story. But we just want to know, working for the Salvation Army is a ministry. So how long have you been walking with God?
0: Well, I would like to say that I have been walking with the Lord my entire life, There are many stories that I hear uh, where a person will say, when I was the age of seven, I gave my life over to Christ. And for me, I can't can't quite pinpoint that age or day when I gave myself over to the Lord, when I surrendered my life to Him. Mm -hmm. I think my whole life I have just been so immersed in church and more specifically knowing who the Lord is Mm -hmm. that... I just feel like I've always had a relationship with him. Now, there have been seasons in my life where that relationship has fluctuated. Maybe I've felt closer or more distant from from God, but I, I would hope that my life would reflect that. I've, I've been walking with him every single day, yeah. no matter what. In growing up as a an officer's kid, a pastor's kid, for those who may not know what officer means. Right. <laughs> Growing up as a pastor's kid is a very interesting situation, and it can definitely result in having a closer relationship with God. And I also have pastor kid friends who maybe don't have as strong of a relationship or any relationship at all, but I have really lived my life based on the example of my parents and I thank God for them they are mm. truly my heroes and who I want to be when I grow up their example in my life heavily influenced the person that I am and I am just so thankful that they could show me what living out a life like Jesus mm-hmm. really like yeah yeah
1: Yeah. Okay. So let's talk for just a second about your mom and dad. So those of you who are from the Central Territory will know both of Hannah's parents, even though they're not in the Central Territory anymore. So your mom is Sarah Nelson, who is formerly Sarah Fultz. So if you know the Foltz family, Art and Diane, her sister Becky, uh, who also is an officer in the South, um, they used to be in the Midland Division at St. Louis. And that's actually where I first met Hannah's mom. Uh, we grew up together as teenagers at the Maplewood Corps um, Salvation Army Church there. And- your dad, Dan Nelson, his family is all from Rockford, Illinois, which is just down yep. the street, practically. Um, so he grew up here in the Chicago area, Rockford. And so that, that's our, our connection. We have a strong connection to your family. Yeah.
0: yeah my mom is uh, one of my favorite human beings on yeah. the planet. And yeah, she's definitely my mom. But I think the older I'm getting, it it has grown into almost a, a beautiful friendship, mm. really. The wisdom that she has and the care and guidance that she provides, she's so good. I just, she's a celebrity in my eyes. Yes. She's awesome.
1: <laughs> she is. She is. I, I just love how, how God connects our dots in, you know, now I know you as an adult. And I didn't know you when you were little. So let's get into your faith journey. So Hannah, take it away. Tell us your story.
0: Okay, here we go. I think it's impossible for me to share my faith journey without also sharing my life journey. I was born to my mom and my biological father. His name is Rock. And very soon after I was born, uh, my parents actually divorced. And so for the first couple of years of my life, it was just my mom and I And she was working her hardest as a young mother to provide for me, while also trying to figure out what the next steps in her own life were going to look like. All the while, my biological father really struggled. There are a lot of things he was dealing with at the time that really took him into dark places that... I certainly didn't understand when I was that young, and even now looking back and trying to put the pieces together, uh, just could not understand fully the kind of experiences he's had in his struggles. But my mom eventually goes into training, which I loved being a little kid growing up at the training school in the southern territory i had a lot of friends and even though it was just my mom and i there there were always people that were surrounding us and helping her out with me and that was just a very beautiful community in the eyes of a (laughs) three-year-old so and during that time she met my stepdad, mm-hmm. Dan Nelson, even though he was living in Rockford, Illinois at the time. Um, it was very early on in their relationship. My, I have, my mom shares a story of dad, Dan, visiting us in her first appointment, St. Petersburg, Florida. We had just picked him up from the airport and he was sitting in the car. We were in the McDonald's drive through and my mom says, and there was a sweet little voice in the back of the car that said, Daddy. Oh and gosh. she was so embarrassed because I was calling this man my dad. And it probably was the one of the first times that they were really in person with one another. But I guess I knew. So I'll say that I was the one that called it right? all along. <laughs> I love that. Yep. So... They get married in March of 2006, and what a wonderful celebration that was. I was there, and that was really the best day of my life at that point. I was just so thankful that the Lord had brought this man into my mom's life, not only to be a wonderful husband to her, but also somebody who could be that father figure for me. There was no question that this man was my dad. I was the fully loved, fully known daughter of Dan Nelson. So growing up, I had my parents and eventually my little brother who is my best friend. Nolan was born in 2008. My dad goes into training. So once again, we're at the training school. And then my parents received their first appointment to the Danville, Kentucky core church. And as I was growing up, even though I was in this very loving and supportive family, there was something missing. In fact, there were many parts of myself that I just felt weren't quite right. As I got older, the most obvious thing that I would think about daily was the fact that there were three people in my household who all had the same last name, but I had a different last name Mm. because I was the child of a different man than, than my brother was. And so even though I was in this household with a bunch of Nelsons, I stuck out because my last name was different. And even though everybody outside of school knew me with the last name of Nelson, in school, I was something different. And it felt like I was living two different lives. And as that realization kept growing and feeling bigger and bigger, I also noticed that I was starting to really struggle in school. I couldn't quite understand it, but I, I couldn't focus. I had a lot of anxiety and I felt like a failure. Hmm. I didn't reflect the family that I felt a part of and I was not successful in my schooling. And things got really bad by the time I was in high school. And there are two really big decisions that I made in my early high school years and in my later ones that I really believe are significant parts of my personal faith journey. The first decision kind of came out of the blue, but I will never regret a single day in my life, was asking my stepfather, Dan, to adopt me. I believe I was 13 years old, I must have been a freshman in high school. It was not an idea I recall considering much, and I can't quite pinpoint where I would have heard of that idea. I'm sure there was some super emotional Facebook video that I might have come across and, you know, was like, oh, you know what, maybe I could do that. but. I, I randomly thought about it one day, and that evening my parents were in our home in Duluth, Georgia. They were watching TV, was the evening, and I remember asking my parents if they were busy and if I could talk to them. They turned the TV off, things got quiet. I wasn't nervous. I was so confident about what the answer would be. But there was a moment of stillness in my heart. Even as a little girl, I knew that the words I was about to speak was going to change the trajectory of my whole life. And so I got the courage and I asked my dad if he would adopt me. And there was no hesitation. It was yes. Of course. And what a relief. I think there's so much significance in a name and it's very similar to how we see ourselves as children of God there's no hesitation in the Lord's response when we want to return to him Hmm. and he is in fact waiting for us to come home Hmm. and not that I was a prodigal daughter and I was running away from Nelson hood or anything But there is so much celebration in knowing that I have the last name of a family who has never once considered abandoning me or not being with me. They're always there to encourage me and love me and support me. So that yes on that random evening was the best yes to me. And there have been so many yeses since then to other situations, but um, truly just so beautiful. And I, I didn't know what all that would entail. I didn't know that getting a new last name would cost money and we would need lawyers and it would be a over over a year-long process. All I knew was that my parents were going to make it happen. <laughs>
1: Yeah, and what a beautiful um, picture. And you you said it earlier that your parents modeled what it meant to be a follower of Jesus. And here's a picture of that. Here's a perfect example of that. And like you said, that without hesitation, just you you were accepted already by him by by Dan yeah. by your dad. But now taking it that one step further and just you know, this is the next step. And I feel like you're right. God is just waiting for us to take that next step. And there's no prerequisites to yeah. following Jesus. We we can't lose his love. And same with your mom and dad. They, they modeled that for you. So what a beautiful picture of um, yeah. what Jesus does for us.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Really, I have that beautiful example of my father, Dan, taking me in and giving me that new name. But I also think that There's a story of redemption tied to my story. So the first big part of my faith journey was that adoption. That gave me such a clear picture of how much the Lord loves us. Mm -hmm. And I knew that from the very start of my life, how much he loves me. But to see it lived out in my own life when I've really considered my own testimony to be quite insignificant compared to other people's um, was so powerful. I'm so grateful that I went through that process of adoption so that I could see that, know what being adopted into the family of God looks and feels like firsthand. Mm -hmm. The second big decision that I made in my life was getting help, going to therapy. When I was a teenager, I started asking a lot of questions about whether or not I was um, cared for by my biological father, whether or not I was worthy. If I really had a purpose, I got really sad even a feeling of depressed. And somehow, I can't quite remember, but somehow I found myself sitting on the couch of a therapist. And I began to process all of those really hard emotions. And it wasn't easy at first. Even though the therapy was something that I wanted and knew would be helpful, trying to put into words things that I had wondered from a very young age was a difficult task. I had to sift through a lot of truths and lies Mm -hmm. about who Hannah is as a person. It's very easy for us to say, well, the Lord calls me loved. The Lord calls me daughter, beautiful and wonderfully made. But to believe those truths is an entirely other thing. Right. And in the midst of the anxiety and what felt like a lack of purpose and not really knowing who I was because I didn't quite have that last name yet and I didn't quite know what kind of connection I had to this biological family of mine, it, it left me with a lot of questions and very little answers. And so working through that in counseling was hard, but so, so rewarding. Yeah. I absolutely would recommend counseling to those who are curious about how to unpack those parts of our life that may not make total sense.
1: Yeah, we just came off of um, a series on mental health. The last um, six episodes were all about taking control and stepping in and getting the help that you need. And it's okay. It's okay to not be okay. And we want to move forward through that and through therapy and those kinds of things. We learn how to cope and we learn how to um, live our lives without it being a detriment to our jobs and our personal lives and our families and all of those things. You learn how to navigate through all of that. And therapy is one of the huge components of that. And so that's kind of a nice segue from our mental health series into this and how that ties together. So thank you for sharing that.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, There are those... (laughs) decorative signs that have the words, all I need is therapy and Jesus and coffee <laughs> yeah, or right? something like that. And yeah. truly couldn't have said it better myself <laughs> Yeah. because the older I got, I, I was very reliant on those counseling sessions, but I also started to dive deeper into my relationship with Christ mm-hmm one of the significant discoveries while i was in counseling was my diagnosis of attention deficit disorder it was a very unforeseen diagnosis and yet made all the sense Mm -hmm. in the world because while i was going through these emotional hardships not knowing who i was what i needed to do or how to handle The anxiousness that I'm dealing with on the daily. I was also still struggling in school. I considered myself a bad student. I couldn't get through a day without feeling like a complete failure. My parents couldn't quite understand it. I couldn't quite understand it. I knew I had to complete assignments. I couldn't seem to just get the things on the paper and turn those papers in and get good grades. So by the time I was in my senior year of high school, I received that diagnosis and got the medication I needed in order to help me through that. And what a game changer that was. I felt like for the first time I could think clearly and be more alert to my surroundings and feel just a bit more normal. Although I suppose normal is a relative term. Uh Right. (laughs) Uh, But to me, I I just felt a little bit more like who I truly am as Hannah. Yeah. I
1: just love how God puts people into our lives. He places people into our lives at just the right times for you to figure out all that stuff with your ADHD. Uh, You know, like you were going to counseling for something different and then figuring all of that out is like, okay, the Lord had this all lined up for you to help you through this all. And so um, rediscovering who you are and who God designed you to be, even with those things. that That's all part of um, the, the thing that makes us beautiful. Mm-hmm. So tell us a little bit about your relationship with your biological father. And um, did you have any, did you discover anything new through all of your therapy? And, and where are you now?
0: Yeah. So I graduate high school, and I'm in college. And Towards the end of my college career, uh, I eventually reconnect with my biological father and all of the people on that side of my family that I really didn't get to see often growing up. And a really exciting thing about reconnecting with my biological father is the fact that I also got to meet my little sister for the very first time. She is eight years old and we look a lot alike and she is the most beautiful piece of sunshine I've ever met in my life. And even though I don't get to see her very often, she and I do keep in touch. She has her little cell phone and so we'll text each other from time to time. But it's really through my little sister that my dad and I have begun to reconcile our relationship Mm. and it's possible that that is a one-sided restoration on my part I think that having my little sister and knowing that she is in the care of my father is really a chance for me to see him be the father I know that he has the ability to be and I know for a fact that Had his story looked different, he would have been there for me growing up. But the fact that I can see him be that father for my little sister is so healing for me. Even though I didn't get to experience that with him, he gets a second chance. And that second chance means everything to me. So that restoration has brought healing and has brought us closer together. Again, we don't see each other most of the time. It'll only be every couple of years that we're able to cross paths Mm -hmm. and share a meal around a table together. And then one of us has to move on, go to the next thing in our lives. Um, But I I just see our relationship really being based on my little sister and witnessing her grow up and witnessing him grow up as a father, really doing all of these fatherly things for the first time.
1: Yeah. So, I love that you are able to find a piece of joy in that. Whereas many people would look at that and be jealous or hurt or questioning why not me. But we also have to allow that time, and the Lord can change a person. And I don't know what your biological father's uh, walk with God is at this point, but you have to allow that that time and and God can change a person. So um, I think that's so beautiful how you said that.
0: Yeah, I could I could definitely choose to be jealous, and I could absolutely decide to be angry
1: mm-hmm.
0: and. There would be a lot of validity in that. Sure. I have reason to be negative. But the Lord has been so incredibly good to me. Mm. And there's not been a moment in my walk, in my being alive, that he has not provided for me in above and beyond ways. God has given me my dad, Dan. He may technically be my stepdad, but he is my dad. He's the one that has provided and cared for me and looked after me. And so I have no reason to hold judgment or anger towards my biological father for the way that he is stepping up and being a father to a girl who really deserves to be loved out loud. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So... I'm I'm just grateful that we all can know what that love feels like.
1: Yeah, that's beautiful. And you are an example of how to love through the painful experiences that we have. And that is Jesus working in you. Yeah. I've always said, there is nothing good in me except for Jesus living in me. That's it, yeah. you know, and I can't do any good, any testimony I give, any ministry that I provide means nothing if Jesus isn't a part of that. And that's him working through me. So, um, yeah, so that's beautiful. I love, I love that. So let's just talk for a minute about what you're doing now and, um, transition us into how you got to Florida and when, what that all looked like in your new job.
0: So, again, I'm a creative arts director, and that has been my dream job for as long as I can remember. I've always been involved in arts, uh, dance and theater, although I'm not the best dancer there ever was. I've always been involved in that stuff within the Salvation Army. At church on a Thursday night, I was in our drama class mm-hmm and on the weekends I was out at camp during our divisional rehearsals, I have always loved how we can use our talents to glorify the Lord. Mm -hmm. And the goal for me is never for what I do to be performative. The goal is for it to be transformative. Mm. And so being in this job as creative arts director was ultimately my opportunity to do that. Yeah. But I won't say that it was easy getting to this point in my life. I graduated college and I really had no immediate plans after that. I had just received my um, bachelor's in dramatic arts with a minor in applied theater, which really meant that I got this degree in how to... Do theater and also how to do theater in unconventional ways, which was great. Yeah, I felt like I was very well equipped to be a creative arts director. I'd received all the tools and then I find myself moving at home and what is there to do. And in that season of my life, some really tough things happened. A lot of pain was experienced and those feelings of not being worthy of love and feeling inadequate and so self conscious started to pile up on me again. These feelings that I thought I had mastered in those years of counseling and in those days of praying to the Lord were all coming back to me like it was the first day. I was living in. Tulsa, Oklahoma at the time with my parents. They were uh, stationed there for two years and I had no direction or idea of what jobs to apply for, where I should be going. What I did know was that there was a church down the street and they had a service on Saturday nights and I wanted to go to those services because they had a worship band and if there's anything I like it's praise and worship. But through those meetings, through really trying to seek the Lord in what I should be doing next, I had a mentor of mine, her name is Bethany Farrell. I love Bethany. Continue to reach out to me. She's I amazing. love Bethany. <laughs> shout out to Bethany. <laughs> yeah, shout out to Bethany, my hero. Yeah. I love her so much. Mm-hmm. And truly everything that I feel I am as a creative arts director, I owe to her. Uh, she really paved the way for me. I really believe that. Um, but through seeking the Lord and trying to listen to what he was saying. I was journaling a lot. I was in the word. Bethany would text me from time to time saying, Hannah, the job in Florida is open. (laughs) And I would text her back saying, absolutely not. (laughs) First of all, I don't like hurricanes. There's no (laughs) fall weather. I prefer to see the red and orange leaves during the fall. And that just doesn't exist here. I yeah. can't do that.
1: I'm telling you, when we first moved to Florida, it took me two years to get past that, that there's no snow on Christmas. Well, first of all, there's no fall, there's no leaves, Sorry. and then there's no snow at Christmas. Like, this is wrong. <laughs> I just uh, I always felt like...
0: It's terrible. Yeah. I mean, I say it's terrible. To anybody who is from Florida that is listening to this and knows me, I promise I'm having a great time. Yes. It's just... <laughs> It's just that the weather is not ideal for me, who's only ever lived north of here.
1: (laughs) Yes, and it will get better. You will learn to love it, Um, but yeah, it, it, it takes a minute. Yeah
0: yeah so but that's where I was I was just like this is you're crazy not only that but I had only ever seen the Salvation Army music and arts program in the Florida division to be this highly developed Mm -hmm. extremely well done program that I could in no way take on in fact if I did take it on I would be the person to run it straight into the ground accidentally Mm. because I just did not feel equipped. I legitimately believed that I was not the person for the job. So this idea of applying was so scary to me, and I was frustrated that it kept being brought up. I did not think for a second that maybe this was the Lord knocking on my door. (laughs) I just thought that this was very persistent people who knew I wasn't unemployed, (laughs) (laughs) but of course, God steps in and all of the doors I was trying to walk through were locked except for this door. And that is the case always truly. And you, you think we as humans would learn by now that (laughs) that's how things work. Right. But we try relentlessly to do everything else other than what the Lord wants for us, because we assume that that's what's going to feel best and fit best. Right. And the thing that God wants us to do may feel like it's going to stretch us and make us so uncomfortable. But the moment we step into it, it doesn't even feel that way because we know he's going to provide for us. We know that he's going to be there every step of the way. So why should we worry? Because God knows what we need.
1: Yeah.
0: So I apply for the job. And the whole time in the back of my mind, I'm thinking, Hannah, I can't believe you're doing this right now. There's no part of you that is equipped for this. The interview day came and I met my now supervisor dr adley for the first time and that scared me i i was hoping to say all the right things i would written out my notes and then i got a second interview and that was also really exciting because i could kind of dive more into who i could be as a leader in the florida division mm-hmm. even though still in the back of my mind hannah what are you doing i was so convinced that this was going to go nowhere because it wasn't meant for me but everything after that moment fell into place in only a natural way that could be nobody but god yeah getting down here was the quickest scariest most terrifying <laughs> most fulfilling mm. most beautiful experience for me i was stepping away from my family who is my support system for the first time. If I could live in my parents' house the rest of my life, I would. (laughs) Yes. Because they are my support system. They're your safety, right? Yeah. That's where you feel the most safe. Yeah. Yeah. They are 100% my safety. Mm -hmm. And so I was leaving that. Not only that, I was going to be hundreds of miles away from them. But things were working too well for it to not be what had to happen. There was a moment very early on in this process when I was still considering this next step of my life. I was on an airplane, and out of nowhere, I decided to read scripture. I think that's partially because I become a better Christian when there's turbulence. Oh, (laughs) that's so good. And the, the worship music was blasting in my headphones. I open my Bible and I start reading the book of Daniel. I have to this day, I, I really do not know why I chose Daniel. But in Daniel chapter two is when King Nebuchadnezzar has this dream And he's asking everybody around him to interpret the dream. And if you don't interpret it the right way, you're gonna be killed. So he shares what the dream is and, and people are scrambling. And eventually one of those individuals goes to Daniel and explains the situation. And Daniel's response is to ask the Lord for clarity, for wisdom to be able to translate this dream. And I'm just gonna read a section of that, if that's okay with you. This was everything to me. In Daniel chapter 2, verses 20 through 23, it says, Praise be to the name of God forever and ever. Wisdom and power are His. He changes times and seasons. He deposes kings and raises others. He gives wisdom to the wise and knowledge to the discerning. He reveals deep and hidden things. He knows what lies in darkness and light dwells with him. I thank you and I praise you, God. You have made known to me what was asked of you. You have made known to us the dream of the king. And I read that line. He reveals deep and hidden things. He knows what lies in darkness and light dwells with him. And that was a light bulb moment for me. The fact that only God could change the time and season of my life. So anytime a significant moment happens for me, I may not know the origin of it, but God does Mm -hmm. because he's the one who prompted it. Mm -hmm. So again, why would I worry? God knows what I need and he's going to provide it in his perfect time. My only job is to surrender to him every single day and say, hey, God, my today is yours. Do what you will with it, because I know that you alone know what I meant to do. So I, I read this verse and then that kind of became the theme for me as I was going through this big transition of my life from Oklahoma to Florida.
1: Yeah, I love that. Um, i remember that story of Daniel as a kid growing up in Sunday school, learning, you know, the old Testament accounts and then reading it as an adult, it takes on a completely different, yeah. um, meaning and tone and everything. And the Lord is able to draw out truths from that and apply it to what we're going through at that time. I mean, it's just amazing. And you could read a passage of scripture a hundred times, A lot of times, like you said, we don't know the origin of why we're led to a specific passage, but any time that the word is read, it does not return void, and we read that in Isaiah.
0: Yeah. The Lord is definitely okay with letting me sit in discomfort, not because he doesn't love me or want me to be comfortable, but I think he in his own way is just showing me that this doesn't have to be uncomfortable. This is an opportunity for you to embrace newness. I am, again, so okay with staying in my safe little box, but there's so much beauty and joy in the unknown. And I think that's the biggest lesson that I've taken away in my almost two years of being here in Florida. Even though my home is somewhere different than maybe I anticipated it to be, it's said so beautifully in John chapter 15, the message version. It's God says, make your home in me. He says in another version, if you remain in me and I in you, but in the message it says, make your home in the Lord, mm-hmm. rest in him, abide in him. And he will be with you no matter where your physical address is. And through all of the unknown and scariness of being a young adult, stepping into a new role, I have so much fulfillment and joy every single day because I know that this is where God has placed me. And there are lessons to be learned. And I certainly have made mistakes. But God. Yeah, he's gotten me through. And because of that, I'm going to work hard every single day to see how I can better uh, serve others and also know him better. Yeah,
1: that's beautiful. So I've been following some of the things that you've been doing and you're doing a great job. And thank you. Yeah. You know, our hearts will always have a place in Florida and the Florida division. Mm -hmm. And um, so we keep up. And I just see You flourishing, number one, and I see your ministry, the the Lord using you in this ministry, just thriving right where you are. So this certainly is right exactly where God planted you to be for this time in your life, which is so, so amazing.
0: I appreciate that, Heather. Yeah.
1: Hannah, thank you so much for opening our time on this new series of faith journeys I know listeners out there today are going to be so incredibly blessed by what you've shared and I know that there are people out there that can relate to the things that we talked about today your spirit is so precious and I'm just so thankful for for you for you as a person
0: and that you came on today thank you for having me this has been absolutely wonderful thank you
1: I just want to thank Hannah so much again for joining us today. What a sweet testimony she has. And this is just the beginning of our series, so make sure you stay tuned for our next faith journey. But that's all for today. The Prepare Podcast is a production of the Salvation Army USA Central Territory Women's Ministries Department. And I hope that this podcast has left you feeling prepared and equipped for tomorrow. And I'll see you real soon. God bless you.